Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. It's a Saturday. I think the kids are still asleep. I don't know. It's kind of early, so <laughs> way early. I hope you're all having a good day. Mine is starting out all right. And I want to start out with a, an email. I got an email from Scott A. Woodard, the man behind the Savage Worlds Flash Gordon supplements, scenarios, campaign settings, things like that. I hear it is fantastic. I'm going to have to get me a set. But he wanted to congratulate me on my 100th episode and elaborate a little about what I did the last two episodes. He says, hey, Glenn. First off, congratulations on your 100th episode. That's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. As an additional follow-up to your production value topic, for the Savage World of Flash Gordon, we simply had to go full color and glossy as we had access to years of gorgeous comic art by Alex Raymond and needed to be reproduced in the best way possible. That said, we do offer softcover and hardcover editions as well as PDFs, so there are multiple price points available for access depending on your budget. Oh, and uh, FYI, I never wrote in my game books when I was growing up. Shock horror. Anyway, thanks for the always entertaining show. Keep up the great work, Scott Woodward. Woodard, sorry. Scott, sorry, Scott. Well, thank you for that email, Scott. And that that's good. I mean, as I said before, and this, th- I'm going to wrap this up, folks, because I want to talk about something else this time. I never said that the, the high production values didn't have a place. It's just that should not be the be-all and end-all of it. And the fact that you offer different price points for hardcover, softcover, PDF, etc., helps. It, it goes a long way in helping you know, people get into the hobby. So I'm not knocking that. And I think you guys, and Savage Worlds has always done a bang up job on that kind of thing because they have several price points on their, on their, on their games. And the core book is 10 bucks, but I hear not for long because they're working on a new edition, but so grab it while you can. It's uh, Savage Worlds Deluxe Explorers Edition. It's a really, really great book. Great game. But thank you, Scott. And I'm going to lay that. Folks, I'm going to put that topic to bed, okay? <laughs> We're not going to talk about it for a while anymore. At least until I get angry again. I don't know. I want to talk about random encounter tables today. Because I was thinking about that. I've got an Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea campaign coming up. And I'm going to be a little module-bound at first. And so... I was just wondering how you folks deal with random encounter tables. Me, I kind of like them, especially if the module furnishes you with them. And I will use those. I'll go over them to make sure I got the monsters right and maybe swap out a couple if I think I can. But for the most part, I use what's in the module. And if I have an area where it doesn't cover in the module, that's when I'll break out my books and figure it out. Like, with and, and if the, the core rule books usually have encounter tables for all the monsters they have in their book, so that's that's a godsend. But every once in a while, like, say I'm running my own stuff, I gotta come up with my own random encounter tables. Hey, no problem. I tend to 
follow what's in the books. For instance, I rely on 1E AD&D a lot for that kind of thing. Even though the core rulebook, whatever core rulebook I have, usually has random encounter tables in there. If they don't, I will refer back to the first edition. And to do that, you have those wonderful random encounter tables in the back of the Dungeon Master's Guide, of course. But I also found out that in the Monster Manual 2 on page 138 has an article about creating your own random encounter tables. And it shows you an example of how it should go and a couple of samples they did. And it's very interesting because it says here, the following method of creating charts is based on a sum of eight, one eight-sided and one twelve-sided die, producing a range from 2 to 20 with a large flat spot of equal probability in the 9 to 13 range. Okay. Those desiring unique creatures might assign them 2 to 20 pips. Monsters can be placed into the 19 resulting slots according to their frequency as the region as follows. That it gives the die roll 2 to 20 which is, it, I don't know why, one eight side, one twelve side, I don't know why you wouldn't use a d20. But I guess it's it's part of the bell curve probability thing. So it goes from very rare, very rare or rare, rare, uncommon, big old common, like I said, 9 to 13, then it goes uncommon, rare, very rare or rare, and very rare. So, and you can sub sub out on some of the commons and uncommons, like one says, alternately, a choice of two very rare creatures, etc., etc. And then he gives you two sample charts drawn from temperate wild forested areas. In example one, the forest is a sylvan home of elves plagued by no raiders. In example two, the forest is a dark woods inhabited by spiders and other foul beasts. The DMs are encouraged to tailor their encounters to their own worlds in a similar fashion. And so it shows the elven forest. You have such things as fairy dragon, elfin cats black bears, stags, going into knolls, dryads, the rarer stuff, groaning spirits. The spider woods, you start out with a retriever, a megalocentipede, a Bradford child, enter caps. Then you go into like large spiders and large giant centipedes, giant toads. Then it's back into the more rare stuff like face spiders, black willows, and like a death watch beetle. So I find that I find the range interesting, how it's kind of a bell curve that way, which is probably a good thing. Anyway, Monster Manual 2, page 138. And not only does it have that, then it has, on the following page, it has 17 pages of dungeon monsters by level and frequency at that level. And we're talking about level 1, 2, 3, five. I guess they're talking about in the dungeon. But they also, that that's the first part. The second part is monsters by terrain and frequency in that terrain for wilderness adventures. And it breaks them down by terrain. Although, yes, they also break it down to rare, very rare, common. And this is probably the crunchiest couple of tables I've ever seen out of D&D. Previous to that, it's also got, it's also got here the, uh, the random encounter tables for dungeons, and outdoors, which trumps the one in the DMG because unless, well, if you only have the DMG, you know, it's okay. But it trumps it in the fact that 
not only includes all the monsters in the Monster Manual, but also in that book, Monster Manual 2, and the Fiend Folio. So you got all three of those books. I mean, if you're running Osric or 1E, this is golden. Even if you're not, I'd, I'd refer to these just to help, especially the article How to Make Your Own Random Encounter Tables. That's a pretty good range what he's got there. If you're going to make it, I don't know if I do the 12, 8 and 12 to get like a 2 to 20 range. That seems a bit much. I usually see them as like 1 to 10. But I'm sure there's some way to squish that bell curve into a 10. I just don't know how to do it. And as far as monsters go, this is a good start. I mean, I've got other monster books like Tome of Horrors Complete and all these other monstrosities and all. Yeah, I, I've got at least a dozen monster books I can pull from. And comparing them, I could probably come up with something of the equivalent. I just got to pay attention to, you know, how often they show up and what, where in the terrain they show up. That's really important. You should never forget terrain because, you know, you don't want a remorse showing up on a tropical island. Or you may. I don't know. But that seems highly illogical. That'd be a good illusion for somebody who didn't know what the hell remorse is. Anyway, that's my little talk on random encounter tables. That's how I probably would do it. Monster Manual 2. Really good reference for that kind of thing. So let me go start my day. And I will see you folks later. I hope you have a good day. I wish you a good day. And until I see you next time, keep the dice warm. And I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.